0: Hi, welcome to Athletes Grit, from sports to life. This is a podcast interview series where I speak to current and ex-high performance athletes on their sport and how the skills learned, acquired, and trained in competitive sport have translated into their professional and personal life. I hope that their true stories of grit in overcoming adversity will inspire and motivate others. Hearing stories of local athletes' journeys closer to home helps us relate better and makes each story even more meaningful. I'm Alex Lowe, consultant and coach in the fitness, health and wellness space. Founder of Avery & Co, loving husband and doting father.
1: How do you get out of this? stronger, Mm. and there are two ways to go around it, either you quit football altogether, don't play football forever, and maybe find somewhere and then dig a hole and then put yourself in a hole, or you just hole up somewhere, Mm. or the other way is to come out fighting.
0: My guest today is Lim Tong Hai, former Singapore football team captain, educator, coach, and coach developer. I first got to know Tong Hai in 2008 when he was a lecturer at the ITE College East, and my school's water polo team was renting the pool inside the campus for training sessions. And even more opportunity for interaction in 2011, when he enrolled his daughter in my school, The Junior College, where she was directly under my charge representing the swimming team. This episode is slightly longer because we needed time and space as Tong Hai shared his worst sporting moment, and very openly tells us about the two own goals he put in at the 1993 Sea Games when Singapore was playing in the football semi-finals. This resulted in the team not progressing to the finals, despite having been favourites to win the championship on home ground. Tong Hai talks about self-blame, guilt, humiliation, public shame and hate, and how even today, that memory still haunts him. Listen as he opens up on the acts and display of resilience and mental toughness for him to not quit, walk with his head held high, Skipper the team five years later in 1998, and now contributing to character building and values education for coach development in Singapore. Welcoming Lim Tong Hai. Hi, Tong Hai. Hi, Alex. How are you? Good Hi, afternoon. I'm very good. Good afternoon. Yes. Thank you for joining me. Everybody, I've known Tong Hai for quite a number of years already. And uh, in fact, uh, I taught his daughter uh, when I was still yes, a teacher. Yes. This was uh, yes, at, yes, at least yes, yes. Uh, eight, eight eight or maybe even uh, nine years ago right. So correct, correct. thank yes. you for joining us and um, let's first start off right for those of the people who don't recognize uh, your famous face or don't recognize your famous name. What sport uh, were you involved in and you know uh, maybe just share a bit of okay. what you're doing at the moment as well. Okay okay.
1: Hi everybody and Alex thanks for having me here. Pleasure. Uh, for me uh I'm in football. Uh, I was uh, formerly a professional footballer. But before I started playing football, I actually uh, played multiple sports. Uh, I was involved in basketball, cipatacro, uh, volleyball, all kinds of sports since young. Uh, and I actually uh, was also representing, uh, I represented the, the intermediate squad, basketball intermediate squad uh, before I was being drafted into the national football team. Oh, that, uh, that was like in the that was like in the mid eighties, yeah. So before I be, became a, a, a national footballer, I was more involved in sports. It's a national progression from basketball to football because anyhow, I mean, anyway, it's still a team sport. And from basketball, when I, I, you know, when I progressed to football, I was still playing as a goalkeeper. I was playing as a goalkeeper, and then uh, what happened next was like you know, goalkeeper you only have one chance. To play, and uh, you you really have to wait. So subsequently, I was being you know why not I try out as a defender, and then it just went on from there. Yep.
0: Yeah. Nice. So oh, I didn't actually I didn't know right that you started out playing basketball. So how long were you playing uh, intermediate basketball before you moved uh, uh, on to uh, a goalkeeper, and then you moved on to being
1: uh, okay, uh, I I was playing. Like what I've mentioned earlier on, I was playing multiple sports uh, since primary school. Mm-hmm. Like what I say, I mean, sepak takraw. I'm also involved volleyball, basketball, football. The only thing I'm not playing much is the game, uh, racket games, I'm not very good at that. But uh, so so yeah, we go. You know, when you go to, when you go to school. Uh, so basically, it's just like uh, if there's a basketball competition, you will just go and compete, and then football, you go and compete. So. Uh, football has always been, uh, uh, since the start, I've always been involved in football. I stopped playing basketball only when uh, I turned uh, professional uh, in football. I mean, I became a professional footballer, yeah, because you can't possibly be toggling between the two. Mm-hmm. So I was actually, so when I was playing basketball, uh, I mentioned I was uh, representing, or I represented the intermediate squad. So what happened was when one of my football coach, so my my mentor. So he he knew that I was playing basketball and football simultaneously. Then he, one day he tell me, you know, you, you, can't, you can't be doing two sports at one time. You have to choose one. So I say, you go back, think about it. Then you come back the next day and let me know what's your decision, you know. So I say, okay, you know. So I went back, came back the next day. Then he asked me, so have you decided what you want to do? say uh, yes I decided what you want to, uh, what I want to do then next thing you tell me what, I tell you what how decide for you you play football. <laughs> stop playing basketball <laughs> <laughs> So you don't have a choice and uh, yeah and from then on yeah I've I, I been in football ever since. Uh, I still play basketball mm-hmm. in, during my free time mm-hmm. and uh, now working in uh, sports Singapore. Mm-hmm. Uh, in academies and clubs. So I'm looking at the coaching development side. Again.
0: Nice. And so it's still football ever since you retired as a professional footballer?
1: Uh, yes, it's football and many other sports. Yeah, football, basketball, basketball. Athletics, tennis, everything. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Nice. So at least
0: you're still contributing to to the sport, right? And contributing to the sports scene and uh, being uh, at Sport SG is, I yeah. think, very yeah. suitable for for your skill sets and uh, everything that you can. We,
1: offer. we we try to share whatever knowledge we have, and then uh, basically we're trying to build a community of practice, la, and then uh, passing on the, whatever knowledge we have to our our fellow coaches, even to the participants also. And then basically, I mean, playing sports is not just winning at all costs, but also there are values to be learned there. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. And yeah. how, how were you like the pioneer batch of professional footballers in Singapore? Were there actually people uh, or batches this, before you? Yeah,
1: there, there, were, there were a few uh, uh, before us, our predecessor, like uh, people like uh, I think Kanan, even like Fandi Malik, they they were they were professional, they were professional footballer uh, in Malaysia. Because in Singapore, professional league kick off in 1996. So before 1996, a few of us, I mean, we were contracted full-time to the Football Association of Singapore to play in the Malaysian League then. So that was in 1993 onwards. And yeah. So when I came out from DNS Uh, I was given an opportunity to play full-time so I said why not you know so there's no opportunity cost and that's why I I get you know I embarked on this journey and once I sign on as a professional footballer then I've been involved in football for the next 20 years in professional football then subsequently becoming a, a coach and then become a manager and general manager and then basically overseeing the the development of football in the,
0: the club. Very nice progression that we... And do you think that it was something that happened uh, progressively or was it something that uh, you... Was it planned, you know, in terms of how you progress in the uh,
1: role. Yeah, I mean, wh- well, while, while I was still playing, um, we also realised that subsequently, you also need to plan what you need to do next because you can't possibly be working... You can't possibly be playing for, for the rest of your life. You mm-hmm. know, we, we have a lifespan. I mean, so we try to make out of it while you are still uh, you are still able to contribute to, to the game so but then again while in the midst of uh, in playing so so you get yourself upskill and got yourself uh, those coaching badges, uh, coaching badges so that you attend coaching courses you equip yourself with the necessary skills so when the moment you are ready to retire uh, you will be i mean i've planned to become i have plans to take up coaching so that's the reason why I, I took out all the coaching courses and collect all the coaching badges. All. So when I retire, I'm ready to launch onto my next uh, uh, next next step, which is into coaching.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was in coaching for about, uh, when I started, it was in youth development. And then slowly I progressed to take up the, the, the prime league and then subsequently the senior squad. And then after that, we went on to uh, club management. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I have, uh, I was lucky that because I was given an opportunity in, then it was in Geylang United, uh, I have a natural progression. So my chairman, uh, Patrick Ang, he was, he was very kind and actually, he, he actually allowed me to chart my progression also. Wow.
0: That's very good to hear and uh, good to know, right? And yeah. could you share some of the, I mean, I think you played professionally high performance mm. football for Singapore for... Mm. That, was it six years, seven years?
1: Uh, professional, uh, ninety-three all the way up to about about
0: ten years. Wow, ten, okay, about 10 years, years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there years. were you know many highs in the journey, many lows in the yeah, journey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, highs need not necessarily mean winning the competition, right? and lows need not uh, really mean uh, losing any competition. Uh, Would you be able to share some significant highs in your Uh, 10-year career? Yeah,
1: uh, I would say that in... In, in any sport, there are bound to be like a high point and a low point, mm-hmm. both internationally or even locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, uh, in the high point, probably everybody would know that by then, it's probably in 1994 when we won the, the Malaysia Cup double, mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where we, were, we won, we beat Pahang uh, 4-0 uh, in Alam Because the year before, it was a heartbreaking final where we lost to Qadar 2-0 2-1 where and and we so in 1994 we, we actually uh, it was like uh, you know we, we have so much how should i say it? you know we, we wanted to win so badly for the fans because because of the previous year in 1993 where we didn't manage to win a cup so we wanted to win so much for the fans and uh, so eventually when we won it it was like uh, actually it's a huge relief lah, you know and that that would be the high point because we not only win the Malaysia cup but before that, we actually won the league, right? So, so it was a double, and uh, that will probably be the high point. And then locally, I mean, leading the Tanjong Paga team to, to winning the doubles in nineteen ninety eight, that will be also also one of my high point or in local. Yeah, uh, being low point, I believe that everybody, every every athlete will undergo uh, will will have gone through certain uh, injuries, mm. right. And uh, when you sustain injuries, that's when you feel so demotivated and uh, so demotivated, and you feel very helpless at times. So you, you get very restless. Uh, of course, another low point would be the the sea the games where, unfortunately, I think where, where you know we lost, and uh, you know unfortunately I put in the two own goals that uh, that it happened. And we just have to learn from there. I mean, we have to build it up from there and uh, realize that, you know, it's a genuine mistake. Yes, we move on from there. And we we just have to, you know, uh, you learn from mistakes and you become stronger. Yeah, So so... That's, that's what happened
0: thanks donghai for sharing about you know uh, that difficult period of your football career and you know if if you're comfortable sharing a little bit more uh, may i ask more about that devastating setback because i actually mm. read quite a lot about it in the papers at mm. that point in time and uh, at that time i didn't know you uh, so there was no, <laughs> no 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 i'm still a young boy there was no mm. point there was no uh, point of reference right but you know since mm. we brought that up it would be great mm. to to hear you know you know what how were you feeling you know, at that point in time, you know, when when you put in that that first goal,
1: right, what was going on in your head? Gosh, uh, that was horrible time for uh, for me, and uh, especially when the first goal went in. Uh, I mean, I was just trying to defend mm-hmm. from I think it's just from a the an attack, and I probably was in a in a very poor defending position, and when mm-hmm. I hit the ball, the ball just went to the roof. Mm. Um, of the net, and uh, if I'm a striker, there would be a spectacular goal, you know. But unfortunately, right. I scored at the uh, at the opposite end. Mm. So we we were leading 2-0 if I'm not mistaken. We were leading 2-0 and that ended up two one for them. Mm. So yeah, and, and it was very hard. And I say how how can this be happening? And I was just trying to gather my thoughts together, and 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 things were just going through my mind, and I was just trying to focus at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was difficult. It was very, very difficult. With you know, mm-hmm. a stadium packed with wow, fifty meters. five thousand mm-hmm. Wow, and uh, and the kind of pressure on you, uh, it's it's immense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I try tried to stay focused. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it was it was very very tough after the first go and you, you keep thinking, you know. But at tell time I had to focus and and stay. Uh, stay in the game itself, so and I had to basically pay more attention to my 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 uh, opponent. Right. Yeah.
0: And this was actually done in the first half of the game, right? Um. And so, what was it? Yeah. I, I guess
1: I guess it was still in the first half. I mm-hmm. guess it was still in the first half. Uh And Steven scored one. I can't remember who put in the other mm-hmm. one. We were did two zero. 0 mm-hmm. And then uh, with myself putting one ball, a uh, one goal into the net becomes it became two one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think subsequently, same thing. And uh, the second one came, I think it's in the same half itself. Mm -hmm. I was basically, the ball was just rushing towards the goalkeeper. And I was nearer to the ball. And I was just trying to... You know, back then, we still uh, allowed to place the ball back to the goalkeeper. Right. And the goalkeeper can still use the hand to catch it. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately... Uh, there was a miscom when I was just trying to basically pass the ball back to my goalkeeper. He came rushing out mm-hmm. and then I just locked the ball into and open the net oh uh, that that was horrible and first, you know you probably say that it, it cannot be happening to me it cannot be happening to me and that that kind of and basically you just have to so you I just lie on the floor mm-hmm. uh, it took me a long time to get up because. You know uh probably unheard of mm-hmm. and it's going to go but that wasn't uh, that wasn't going really through my mind at all but the, the only thing is you know because there was a lot of there was a lot of uh uh expectation for us I mean the expectations were high for us to to, to actually uh proceed to the final mm-hmm. and I mean of course on the home turf um, we are we should have an upper hand. But unfortunately, uh, with this, uh, I mean, having scored the second goal, I, uh, I really didn't know what was happening. Mm. So again, I, I just have to push, uh, put everything aside and start to focus again. Uh, but so I was just, uh, it was hard. It was hard. It was hard. And uh, Things are still going through my mind, and uh, or things were still going through my mind. I said, How could this happen? I was just trying to forget it, but you know, things happened. So you just have to live on it, or you just have to move on. If I'm not mistaken, I I finished. I'm not sure whether I finished the entire game mm-hmm. or was I taken out, or not. I can't remember. So the fact is, there was two all. I mean, there was two, two apiece. And then subsequently, I think they led 3 mm-hmm. 2. And uh, I think from this court, uh, the equaliz- equalizing goal, that becomes 3-3. And eventually, we lose we out so on penalty kicks. Right. But of course, I mean, by us being knocked, I mean, with us being knocked out of the semifinals in 3 because everybody's saying that that was the best chance. That, uh, I mean, that was one of the best chance that we, we have of getting a goal. And I felt terrible because... Probably because of the doubles I squad, then uh, you know a lot of dreams of dash and etc. It's it's very it weighs very heavily on on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, basically it's just a lot of guilt. Mm-hmm. But I, I keep on telling myself, I mean I tried my best, uh, but unfortunately two silly mistakes and um, yeah and and they managed to equalize otherwise things have been very, very much different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I can't even imagine uh, the whirlwind of guilt and possibly mm. humiliation as well, right? You know, mm. de- dealing with the self-blame, you know, you were not just answerable to, you talked about uh, many dreams were, were dashed, right? Hopes were dashed. Mm. So it wasn't mm. just your team, but it was also possibly uh, public uh, hate, right? And criticism. <laughs> <Right now. laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, how did you? How you? How did you uh, deal with it, all, Rand? I can it, just imagine. It, it, just yeah. During the game, after the game, and you know yeah. the weeks that, the days and the weeks and months that happened after that. You know, if you could sure. just
1: yeah. talk yeah. Sure, us through. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So it, it, during the game, you don't you you know adrenaline adrenaline is still pumping, and then you don't you, you just want to make sure that we try to get a result from the very game itself. Mm-hmm. You know, if we would have won, uh, then yeah, at least the kill is not so bad. But unfortunately, we lost, we lose out, and I mean, we saw penalties at the end of the, and uh, then it was double on on myself. And I put a lot of self blame because I see that you know, if not because of me, uh, things so. would have been very very different for the entire nation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, but that's 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 the game. I mean, that's football. And uh, so, so the important thing is for me to to how how do I get up from there? And like, so the very night itself, when even when I walk out, it's it's very hard to actually look people in the eye, yeah. you know. Even though that you know that you have tried your best, but nobody knows, no nobody will actually realize that. You know, the only the the only thing that people only can because it's it's very visual. I mean, people can see that you do two those, but they they can't really see. Uh, what actually, uh, what what you have done, so so that led to then from then on it's like um, I don't know I probably um, became known in, in a very different in in the opposite way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So and and I've been tagged with a lot of uh, negative names. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people have been calling me names and people have been accusing me of a lot of things, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I mean, if they have been accusing me of, of other things, they say even, I mean, there are people saying that, you know, uh, he took bribes and etc.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, I mean, my conscience is clear. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, the authority knows about what's happening. Uh, I was clear. So, my mind was like, basically, it is not about dealing with all these other things, but it's a matter of how do you get out of this stronger? Mm. And there are two ways to go around it. Either you quit football altogether, don't play football forever, and maybe find somewhere and then dig a hole and then put yourself in a hole or you just hole up somewhere. Mm. Or the other way is to come out fighting. Mm. You know, so so, you, you, so if you think that you want to make this, uh, I mean, I love the sport so much. So the only way is to come out fighting and, and, and prove everybody that yes, I still have something in me which I can contribute to Singapore football. Uh, that's it. It's easier said than done because uh, through the years, seriously, it's it's. Uh, and I would say that I I wouldn't have done it without the help of, or I I wouldn't have been able to do it without the support of my family, you mm-hmm. uh, know, my teammates, my coaches, the trust my my you team officials have in me, mm-hmm. uh, the teammates. Yeah, they, they understand that football is such that unfortunately this thing happened, but. Nobody wants it. So it was a very, very, very tough year and 93. So, and it was even when you're walking along the streets, people start shouting at you. And basically, my, my life has become, you know, it's either home, training ground, and back home. Wow. Uh, in a way, if, if I want to eat, um, I would have just packed home and then, you know, take away or something like that. But mm. It's not so much of the, it's not so much of the, you know, you can't face up to people, but it's because sometimes you just do not want to uh, get yourself reminded of all these things. Because even when I sleep, I get up, the next thing you know, did this thing really happen? Right. You Uh know what I mean? So first, you know, you, you always go through certain stages. Like say, for instance, the first stage was denial, but it quickly went to acceptance. Mm. There is no chance for me to actually, you know, <laughs> grieve or whatsoever. No, 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 no chance. Right. So it's denial away to acceptance. You just like it or not. You you, you just have to face it, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, yeah, from then on, I just learned to be a little bit more, a little bit more careful mm-hmm. when I'm playing games. Mm-hmm. And it taught me different things. And because it's just a huge step in my life, not only in football, yeah. but even in in uh, in life. Life lessons, I would say so, right. and uh, and it has taught me a lot, a lot of other things. You know, sports has given me a lot, but at the same time, it has also taught me. It has given me life lessons, which I think I wouldn't be able to learn somewhere else. Mm. You know, and and it has taught me to be a little bit more, or to be more understanding, to be more receptive, and and try not to be too judgmental. Right? Yeah. And that's, and that's, and then when subsequently when I move on to, to coaching, um, coach developer, we try to understand from, from other people's point of view. Mm. And even to parenting, I mean, I always tell my two kids, I say, you know, please do not be too judgmental. Try not to jump into conclusion first. Try to see things from different sides. And then, after that, you can, then you can draw your own conclusion. And even that, it is not right because you have to see things from different angles. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and and that probably shaped my life then on and I became more resilient. I tell myself that, look, you know, people can have different kind of, uh, people can can think differently of me, but what's important is my thoughts. And, and, you know, people can say thousand and one things about you, but what's Mm -hmm. important is how you look at yourself. You know, and as long as you have put in your hundred 110%, 120%, that's more important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I I, I can even feel and sense the
0: emotions coming through, uh, even though this Mm. was almost three decades, right? 30 years ago that it it happened.
1: It's almost, it's 20, oh no, my gosh, it's 28 years. Yeah. Yeah. Almost almost three decades. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and is, is, does it re- remain vividly, you know, like you remember those moments or is it just a little blur, a, a point you know, in your life? It's,
1: yeah, it's still, it's still very deeply entrenched in my memory. As mm. in like, you uh, can actually visualize the entire sequence. Mm. So, I and I have to say that and it's through this hardship that you really open up your eyes and see who your real friends are. Mm. And my wife was with me throughout. Mm. No, I was I was not married then, but uh, she. I mean, we were we were we were dating, right? And it was very hard for me to actually see that she she was there with me throughout and uh, stayed on. You know, we were staying in the Plaza Hotel, and then she stayed on with me at the, the You know, she can't come into the hotel, so we we just chatted at the at the, uh, the the bus stop just in front of the Bazaar Hotel. Mm. So, I did quite late night, I would say. And uh, she was there throughout. And, and I'm very, very grateful for that because without that, I, I think it is, it would be very tough for me to get past this thing. Mm. And also, uh, the trust that I was being placed in me by, by my coach then and my, my team manager, they, despite all this uh, setback, um, of course, he he, he didn't he didn't put me in to play the next few games, right? Because he also would not want to because it is going to be very very tough on me. Mm. But he didn't just cast me aside. Mm. He actually reasoned out with me and told me that look, I'm not going to put you in for for a reason best known to you, and we shall face you in slowly right. because it's it's very it's, it's a huge. Hit on you, mm. especially to your confidence, and mm. it might affect the team. So, so he, he then subsequently, I was, I mean, being put into play uh, one game, and then maybe half a game, and then I went on to to be uh, constantly in the first eleven. Then, mm. so we we that year itself, we also went to, and we managed to go into the the uh, the finals of the Malaysia Cup in 1993. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we lost the kadar. Right. Uh, but the fact is, at least there was some brownie uh, points that we managed to get into the finals. Mm. I mean, but I have always wanted to do something like make sure that we win we, we something that sort of sort of to atone from the two mistakes, the two goals that I've scored. Mm. Uh, so, but then, then when uh, 94 came and then when we won the doubles, I, I, I felt a huge load off my chest. Right. But, but that's not enough because that's, not enough. that's, not, that's just not enough because the, the, this, this guilt still lingers uh, with me. Mm. You know? But uh, sometimes you just learn to, to let go mm. you know, and, and move on with life. And you know, just have to know that this is a phase that you have gone through. Uh, learn whatever lessons you can from there. And then uh, if you can, you share with people. And uh, yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do right now. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much, Dong yeah, yeah,
0: and, yeah. you know, it, 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 right now, you know, and it, in fact, I think I, I read that a uh, couple of years after that, you also went on to skipper the team, uh, was it in 1998?
1: 90, yeah. uh, 98 I, yeah. I went on to skipper the team in 1998. Uh, then uh, for then in 1998, that was the year that uh, my son was born. Mm-hmm. So uh, then when we won the first uh, international uh, trophy, the Tiger Cup in 1998, I, I wasn't there mm-hmm. because I, I had to make a choice between this. So I, I thought that, you know, I, I want to be there for my wife and mm-hmm. my, my, my son. Mm-hmm. So that's why I, I, I did not. So yeah, I gave up the captaincy. Right then, and then yeah, subsequently, it was yeah, I, I stayed on and played for another year or two. Then I, I played international football. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Right, right. And you know, it, looking through all of this, right, hearing the story, was there a pivotal moment where there was that, that shift, or was it a gradual thing? Was it a suddenly I wake up one day and then, okay, I'm off this uh, guilt already and I'm on the path towards. Uh, uh, being confident again, or was it a gradual thing through different things that you built progressively to come back to uh, the Donghai that was uh, pre-93,
1: yeah. It it was never a pivotal thing. It was a gradual, but until, uh, there will always be a, even though there are, there are good days and there are bad days, mm. you know, even when you're playing in the game itself, sometimes... Um, I mean, it's inevitable that people will start to remind you of that, you know, from the stance, they start shouting at you again, you know, mm. and you say, why don't you do it again, and etc. Also, you have to be strong once you go into the pitch itself, especially with the kind of fans that you have. I, I know they are very, very passionate. Mm. And uh, when they start saying negative things, and that's when, as a player, we try to learn to shut it off. The moment we step into the field itself it's just the 11 players versus the 11 players, yeah. you know, and uh, whatever is on the field outside it, you, you learn to, you must learn to, to shut it up because otherwise the moment that when you let the fans chanting or, or, or name calling or etc. affect you, then, uh, then chances are uh, you be prepared to have a bad game. Right. I mean, there are, there are instances even when we're playing. It's a Nanyang Stadium. It's almost eighty-one thousand people. Mm-hmm. Same thing. So, so you learn to. Uh, the, the more you step into a field, you learn to cut off. But that's it. It is not easily done. As in, like it, like what you say, uh, it's a gradual thing. But on and off, there will still have you. You still have practice and it's it's during those times that you learn to pull yourself up and say that hey, you know, what has been done is done. It's just like. You know, it's just like a, an egg that has been cracked. But you know, even though you patch it up, there still be there will still be lines. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of how you cope with it. You know, uh, right. you can't just you can't just erase all these memories off. Mm-hmm. But you just have to cope with it. You learn how to handle it, and hopefully, as you go on, yeah, you learn to handle things better.
0: Right, right. That's a yeah. uh, very good advice there. And w- w- mm-hmm. one thing though, was it difficult to you know gain back the trust of uh, your teammates, your, the team manager, as well as the coach? You know, and how yeah. how did that process come about? To you know, uh, you feel that okay, yeah, yeah
1: I'm I've, I'm
0: balanced or so I'm leveled up yeah. again.
1: Yeah. Well, gain uh, the trust of the teammates, mm-hmm. uh, the, the team official, the coaches. It's it's the least of the problem because. Mm. Day in, day out, we are meeting each other, and right. they would know that what kind of effort you have put in. Right. You know? Mm. Then that's where the, the senior team mates will come and advise you, okay, at such a situation, how do you position yourself into the in a more favorable position and not and uh, not to put yourself in an awkward position where, where you know you are susceptible to, to mistakes? Mm. So Teammates will come in and share with you. Coaches will come in and share with you. The official is there to give you the moral booster. Yeah. So when it comes to public, right? Uh, but of course, public are entitled to their own opinion. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we can't change the perception of us. So the only thing is that you try to do what's best. And I mean, they are entitled to their opinion. And uh, if you think that you are not good enough, then that's their opinion. But the thing again, for myself, what's important is my team officials, mm. who, who matters, uh, I mean, right now, what's more important is your team officials must know that you have put in your your level best. Mm. In every training, every game itself, mm. I mean, on the pitch, not only on the pitch, but also off the pitch, because of behavior, it's not just on the pitch itself. All right. So it's an overall thing. Yeah. So whereas for public trust, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can speak this. I can't speak for them. I try to do my best mm. and I hope that I mean what I've done uh, over the years hopefully hopefully I might have to gain some trust but then again that's us under the, the bridge and uh, yeah so that's life goes on then <laughs> right and what about the trust yeah. in yourself then well uh, that's a good question uh, my trust in myself I I always tell myself that I have to put in in whatever I'm doing, let's say be in football, be even, even in my work, uh, in coaching. I I try to do what is best. But at the same time, that is your opinion. You 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 don't know whether what you're doing is right or wrong. So then you have to take reference from people. So sometimes you have to seek advice from people, and then those who have done gone through that and say, Hey, am I doing the right thing? If not, then of share with me. You know, I I shouldn't be thinking that what I'm doing is right and and I move on from there. Mm. So you try to be a little bit more reflective and you, you, you see, okay, if I'm doing this, uh, how can I do it better? Uh, then I get feedback from people and I say, okay, if I can do it differently and if you can enhance these results by twofold, threefold, why not? Mm. You know? So yeah, it's not just me, myself and I, but more so as uh, trying to understand the whole ecosystem better right
0: right and um how long you know did it actually take you to come out of this uh episode you know 6 months 12 months 24 months
1: um, still 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 trying to come up with it. <laughs> all right <laughs> uh no i just Ah yeah, I mean occasionally I still get reminded, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, even though after course I told you previously when I was in education, I was in I was a lecturer in IT. Uh-huh. Uh students still come up to me and then they they make fun of it. Uh-huh. So instead of getting angry, I I think I, I mentioned it, I try to make it a life lesson for them. Right. And make it that, you know, try to make them understand that it is not appropriate to laugh at people Mm. but to understand the predicament that people are in. Mm. And uh, I mean, everybody makes mistakes. It's just a matter of how, how, uh, at at what stage that that mistake is being uh, noticed. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in life, who doesn't make mistakes? You know, I mean, uh, the the, the famous phrase that I I learned from uh, uh, Mr. back then, uh, Mr. Yuning Hong was saying that, you know, the only people who doesn't make mistakes is, don't do anything yeah. the, the person who doesn't do anything is the one who doesn't make any mistakes you know? so yeah. yeah the more mistakes you make the I mean the more things you do that you're more susceptible to, to more mistakes but what's important is you learn from it and try to avoid or try to avoid uh, repeating it again by uh, repeating it so so like what I said I'm still you know learning but um, like, you know it's a process it's not just a you know I managed to get out of it you know, after one year, two years, ten years. And I'm still, yeah, coping. <laughs> right,
0: right. Thank you for, you know, uh, sharing, you know, your honest, uh, being so honest in, in, in all of this, right. And, you know, earlier you mentioned yeah. that um, this Entire episode has obviously uh, changed the way you see things, uh, and Mm. has have also changed the way that you live your life as a player, as a leader, you know, at work or whether it's Mm. at home, Mm. as a husband or father, right? Uh, If there's one uh, tip, right, that you could share with somebody that you know uh, is feeling guilt or shame because of something Mm. that they did, um how and with humiliation and all that right how mm. how would you help this person or advise this person to to come out of that episode
1: well uh, i'm not sure whether i'm the right person to, to give this kind of advice but uh, uh, i would say that yes uh, when someone make a mistake it will be important but yes uh, no, no, in the first place no one wants to make any mistake mm. you know everybody wants to do good, but if the mistake is made, and uh, what's important is to, I mean, if it's grief or whatsoever, I mean, you you take some time to 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 mull over it, and then then you have to reflect on what actually lead up to the mistake, and then subsequently you can't undo what has been done. So what's important is to try to learn the lessons from then on, avoid doing it, and then move on from there. I mean, you just have to be positive and. Sometimes in mistakes, I mean maybe just take for instance for myself, I can't undo the two goals that I've scored. Mm. Right. Uh, it's a fact. And when people say uh, people try to make a mockery out of it, I just have to accept the fact that yes, I that that's the two goals I've scored. Mm. I can't undo the fact. Mm. But how I can how I can react is to make sure that yes, I accept it and then move on from there. Right. You know, you you learn the lessons that have got to be learned there. And move on. Because if you if you keep on harping on the fact that all oh, these are mistakes, uh, these are mistakes that I made, I'm never going to be good, at this and that all, then you will perpetually be at standstill. Right, You'll never be able to move on from then on. Mm. You know, like why I say, yeah, if you need to some time to spend on your own, reflect on it by all means, do so. Mm. Subsequently, move out and try how to do it better next time. Mm. Take that as a life lesson and then you move on from there. Mm. Because if you keep on happy on that, sometimes you'll never get out from that, that rut. Yeah. Right. Well,
0: yeah, that's excellent advice, right? And I yeah. see also possibly that it's uh, un- based on the situations or based on situations, there's always a controllable yeah. and uncontrollable yeah. factor, right? You right. can't control how people think of you and what people say to you. Exactly. But what exactly. you can control is yourself, yeah. right? Because yes, you are in the position to make the decision to say, "Okay, yes. uh, I want to move on, and uh, yeah. I'm not going to bother about what I cannot control." Yeah, yeah so that's an but, excellent piece of advice. Well,
1: well see Alex. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Because you know, you you can't you can't control people's opinion of you, but what you can is your self belief in your self worth, and that's more important. Mm. Because if you value your self worth. Then you know that okay, I will try and do whatever I can Uh, because seriously, you you just can't change people's opinion of you. Yeah.
0: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Uh, really, uh, salute to you, Tonghai, for you know uh, going (laughs) through this tough episode and uh, sharing it with us. And yeah, I'm conscious of time, so I'm going to move on to to the next couple of questions. Just now, you mentioned that. Uh, sports is not just about winning, right? It's also about Mm, teaching mm, of the mm, values. Uh, How, and I mean, of course, sports for you has started since you were playing multiple sports, Mm, you know, mm, from dacro to mm, volleyball mm, to basketball. But how do you think playing at a a professional level or high performance has Mm, actually mm, shaped you to be the person that you are today? What are the uh, significant, (laughs) uh, strongest values that you feel?
1: (laughs) Um, I... Well, I mean, be it a professional sport or be it in elite football or elite sports or any kind of sports, mm-hmm. uh, most importantly is is your own discipline, then. and you must be able to uh, put in the hard work. You know, there's no shortcut to success, and uh, you you must also know that whatever hard work you put in, then it will be equate it will equate to your success, because uh, like for instance, everybody will be able to see that Joseph Cooling winning a a gold medal in, uh, in the Olympics. But have you seen what kind of hard work that you have got to put in before that? So nobody actually see the hard work. They only see the, the, the beautiful side of it, the winning, the glorious part of it. Mm. So a lot of hard work has got to be put inside there. So you must also know that at the end of the day, if you want something, you have to work very hard for it. Also, there is time management. You really need to manage your time well. You know what, how much time to put into uh, training and how much time do you need to rest and uh, I mean and there is also a part where you you need to sacrifice a lot of your social life There, I mean when I was playing uh, practically my life was just like uh, training and back home rest eat and back to training again mm. so you must be able to adjust to this kind of routine there's no such thing as like you know I, I want to have my uh, basically it's a bit tough if you want to have your fun and this and that or that, that can be done during an off season where you can have a little bit of getting together with your friends, you know, you, and then you, you get to enjoy a little bit of free time. And of course, also part of it in a game, be it in a team sport or even in a, a individual sport. I mean, when we win, we need to win humbly, you know, and when we lose, we learn how to lose graciously. So all these things are, are really part and parcel of what sport has taught me. All right, and more importantly, as you know, I mean, Alex, you are also involved in in water polo. You know the the importance of teamwork. You know, uh, in team, there is no such thing as I, so it's always we. So how how one one part if one part is not working, the entire team will will, will, will not be able to function properly. So this is all critical. All so so sport has actually taught me a lot of things, and, and which is also applicable to life, and not only to life, also to our work and for. And how we interact with our colleagues in at work also. And uh, for me, like you, you, you taught my daughter too, and that's how I also would like to discipline and how I would inculcate values into my my children. And I say that look, there's no there's no shortcut to success. You have to work hard for it. Then yeah, you just have to make sure that you keep on going. And there will be obstacles along the way, and it's a matter of how many times. You, you are able to overcome these obstacles that will determine your,
0: your life. Was it, thank you, thanks for, for sharing, Tonghai. And was it difficult yeah. for you to make the decision to retire? I mean, it must have been pretty <laughs> sweet, right? Because, you know, retirement means that, uh, you know, you stop doing something full-time, but at the same time, you say, hey, yay, I have all this free time now to be going uh, yeah. to do something else that you wouldn't Act- have done. Actually,
1: <laughs> actually, uh, actually, when I retired, in two thousand and three, uh, it was actually quite sad it was quite mm. sad because I knew uh, that I still have at least one or two years uh, of good football in me, and actually my coach uh, still wanted me to play professional football, but uh, I thought that maybe it's good for me to to retire and when I know that I'm still able to contribute to the game and I want to be uh, I, I want to know that I'm able to contribute to the game when I retire, so that at least it's not like oh. Because Tom Hai cannot make it anymore, then he retires. Right, right. So, so I thought that I would like to retire on a high, and I would like to be remembered as I'm able to contribute to the game. And also it's a good time for me to actually hop on to, to become a coach in the youth development side. And I thought that it's, it's about time that you know I should I should start something early. And um, the pathway is set, and I say, okay. Then, then I went into youth coaching, and uh, and when I started coaching, I would I, I prefer to start from the low lowest level, which is the grassroots, the youth development, where where you learn all the the tricks, you know, where uh, and you know the indusecacies, and and that's where you you understand the mindset. So youth is where you are able to impart or you can share with them your knowledge more and uh, they are they are like a sponge. So they will absorb whatever you pass it on to them. So it's very important that we inculcate the right values in them. Nice, nice. And yeah, the, yeah.
0: you mentioned, right, uh, that many things that you've learned uh, playing sports and also mm. football. Uh, any personal anecdotal stories uh, that you've actually managed to uh, apply to, whether it's as a coach right now or, you know, as a, as a manager in the club or even in the role that you're playing right now. Uh, or maybe yeah, even with uh, your personal life, with, with, how, yeah, you, yeah. with <laughs> how you father your children.
1: <laughs> well, I, my in-sport has taught me to be uh, reflective, reflective. I think like sometimes it is always easier to 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 blame people. And sometimes if anything goes wrong, it's very easy to point your finger at at, at uh, the one who, uh, who, who commit the mistakes or who, who did the mistakes. So it's important to understand from their point of view why they do such things. So sometimes we try not to jump to conclusion, but try not to jump to conclusions too fast that you know you, you think that you actually decide before even you ask certain people why they do certain things. Mm. All right. So yeah, that, that's one thing. And also the other one is also to reflect at yourself. I mean if you want to be a if you want to be a coach, you have to be in the first place to be a role model. Because at the end of the day the students or, or the parties or the players, your your trainees will be looking upon you and say, hey, this is the coach. And if he behaves such way, are uh, you know, behave inappropriately, then chances are they will follow you. So you need to set an example for so that you know, if you want, you basically have to walk the talk. Oh. So that's that's important. Nice. So um, to begin with, I mean, if I'm a little bit of an OCD, so when we say that, <laughs> when we say that, when it comes to coaching, when it comes to uh, uh, training as a coach, if I say that training starts at five, it doesn't mean that you can come at five. Hmm. As a coach, we will probably be there at four o'clock. In four fifteen, I already set all my training grid up ready. By four thirty, I'm ready to actually meet my parties, my, my trainees. At 4.45, I'm ready to start the training. Although we say that training is at 5 o'clock. But we don't start the training at 5 o'clock. I mean, we don't wait until 5 o'clock to start the training. So so the planning is important. So much so that when you show yourself as ready, the, the trainees coming in will know that you mean business. And that's what that's what training is all about. Because when you come, you want to improve yourself. Not just come, just to pass time. So that's, that's important. Yeah.
0: And that's what life is all about as well, right? You need to plan, you need to make sure you put everything in place. You don't just go there, wing it, and don't really. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Unless you are like a a professional coach where you have so many tricks up your mind, where you can go there at maybe five o'clock, you just tell them, okay, run, do this, do that. And then you can just pull a rabbit out of the head and say, okay, just do that. But still, they would have gone through lots and years of experience to be able to do that uh but that's it i, I still prefer to be uh, like what i mentioned earlier on a little bit of ocd you need to plan otherwise uh you know if you feel to plan you plan to feel nice words know. there right uh, have yeah. you had uh, have you had any
0: uh, people that you have coached right uh, younger boys or mm. girls that um mm. you actually seen them from a young age and you know right now mm. They have progressed on to do something that you always knew they were able to do. So they've uh, actually been motivated or inspired by yeah. how you've coached them, and they are uh, yeah, their own right at the moment.
1: Yeah. Mm. So previously, I was also in the teaching profession. Uh, then, I when my students uh, look at some of them, you actually hear and they have the potential to become uh, to go further. And unfortunately, sometimes um, they don't really have the confidence to actually take up the challenge. So then, um, sometimes I look at them and just say, "Okay, why?" After you have, you know, you have grouped them, you have taught them, and then you have coached them. Then, subsequently, you say, "Hey, why don't you give yourself a chance? Try out at a higher level." And uh, one or two. I think one or two of my players eventually become uh, and played at the, the second level. That means the, the second national squad. So as they go along, I mean, when when they succeed at that level, you know that you have done something good. I mean, not because of my achievement, but more so for the, the, the players, you know, playing career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. And then that is, uh, and I mean, as teacher, I mean, Alex, you know that if at the end of the day, if you happen to walk on the street and then someone come up to you and say that, "Hey, sir, you remember who am I? This and that all, you know," and then they start to call you, and then okay, I be, I I would like to believe that uh, we have done something to impact them. Otherwise, they probably will try to run away from you. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, and until today, uh, my daughter still speak very fondly of you. So oh, thank yeah. you. It's good you, to hear must, that. you must have done very well. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> sometimes yeah.
0: I have sometimes I have people on the yeah. the Hawker Center what, yeah. right? and they say hey Mr. Yes. Lowe you know and then I yes. Yeah, yes. I cannot remember your name. Please forgive yes, me, right? Yes, yes, but sometimes, yes, for some strange reason, yes. I will that name will just pop up in my head, and yeah. I re, I don't know how come the name will come out. Like, your name is yeah. Edwin, right? And then say, hey, yeah. how do you remember my name? I think, I also don't know, yeah, but yeah, somewhere yeah, in that yeah, memory yeah, bank, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, it yeah. managed to churn out true, that name. True. Yeah, so I can understand where you where you're yeah, yeah, with that, right? Yeah. yeah, and I think
1: it that, that's the best gratification, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, if you come out and you are able to impact lives like that, and you Feel good, and it's not not as if like as if it's monetary gains, but it's more so of self fulfillment. I would say so.
0: Is there is there uh, something that you've you know always thought about in terms of like a legacy that you are going to leave? What is the legacy that you feel that you want to leave with the work that you are currently doing? From the time that you've been playing professional sports or sports yeah. all the way yeah. to professional football to you know now still being yeah, able yeah, to contribute
1: yeah. in sports. Uh, ah. Never really get that thought then, but uh, <laughs> tough questions, But, but uh, yeah, but but what I try to do is basically I I I mean I try to contribute back to the sport in whatever ways I can. I mean, of course, now that I'm no longer playing, but I will still try to contribute. Like I'm still in the FAS uh, Football Association of Singapore in the council, and I'm also the chairman mm. of the referees committee, and uh, so and also in the, the com- competition committee. So, so we'll try and basically give back to the football the fraternity in whatever ways I can. So, I try to contribute and share the knowledge. La. So, whatever level you see, I, I mean, I, I do whatever I can, but I'm not sure how I'm going to impact the rest of them. And I will, like what they say, la, let your feet do all the talking rather than, so, I do all, let my action be doing all the talking rather than I, I, I say anything. Nice. So, that's nice. my thought on that. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Many, many yeah. uh, key Phrases that you've used today that are taking note of, and uh, <laughs> no, 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 it's just
1: a, it's basically <laughs> just sharing. Yeah, yeah.
0: And one, one final word, final yeah. question, right, uh, for you, sure. uh, Tom Hai. So, if yeah. if you had something to tell your younger self, right, let's say you know yeah. back then in the nineteen nineties, what yeah. is this something that you would tell yourself to encourage, motivate, or inspire you to maybe do better or do something differently because you Mm. actually live 10, 20 more years of your life down the road and you know what is ahead, right? So what would you (laughs) tell yourself? years uh,
1: back. Not sure because when when uh, when we went into the professional or rather professional football and we I think we were among the pioneer because there, there wasn't any sport that is into professional professional sports uh, mm-hmm. person. So for us it was actually uh, we are taking a gamble. Mm. We are taking a gamble. So I would say that I mean whatever we do nothing venture nothing game. So we, we need to try and do whatever we can and then uh, Uh, But what happened is uh, when things don't go well, we will sit back and then we try and and basically try to find out what, where, what went wrong and then you keep on going again you know don't just because there's a setback then you say yeah, I try to give I mean I give up so you, you just have to be persistent la. I mean you, you just have to go on working hard and then try to find ways to overcome the obstacle yeah. Was this done So
0: uh, yeah, sorry uh, was this done
1: collectively yeah. so
0: you mentioned that you know you guys were as a pioneer bench, right? so when, mm. when you guys encountered the issues was it done mm. more like uh, oh individually I need to uh, see how I can overcome that yeah. or did you guys actually so, come together all the time to ideate? Uh,
1: first first and foremost, I think for us in the first place, I mean, uh, we, we have to look within ourselves first in the first place. Then if you're able to look within yourself, then we will discuss as a team and how we're going to move things forward. So if there's no point in, there's no, I, I would say that it's futile uh, if you would say that you know, nothing is my fault. Everything is somebody else's fault, you know? So we, we need to look within ourselves and find out, okay, what have we done well? What what we could have done better? Or what did we do? Why did we do that well? And then individually, we know what is our strength and our weaknesses. Then after that, then we bring out as a team. And from a team, then we start to, you know, see. Uh, it's a little bit like a post-mortem thing, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. where you find out what what actually went wrong and what went well and how are we going to do things better? Then we take one step at a time and then we and the, and as we go along, mm. we strike uh, we we manage to build camaraderie, you know, belief, and that's where bond and friendship and and the kinship is being built upon, and that is very crucial because I mean, be it a team or be it individual sports or whatsoever, mm. all are built on trust. So so this. Uh, That's
0: important. I I like how you mentioned that it is knowing the self first, right? So you must have that self-awareness to know what you've done well, what you haven't done well. And that whole reflective mindset and and the post-mortem, I'm glad you you brought that that word up up because... I think very often we sports actually always mm. teaches us to look back, right? Look at the video. Mm. You know what, mm. what what was what was played well, what was not played yeah. well. You know, and mm. I think this also is directly relevant to how we live our life and yes. the work that we yes. do because we always do postmortem. Yes. life. I mean, it's in right. some workplaces it's called you know a part, uh, accident review or whatever. But yeah, AR, they call yeah, it. Yeah, AR. AR. <laughs> but at, at the end of the day, because we've done so much of that. We've probably it's hundreds or maybe even for you thousands of games you know that you've played. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've done it so often and so much that you know how to do it uh, well when yeah. it comes to work mm. or when it comes mm. to life. Yeah. Yeah. So ex- ex- excellent. Uh.
1: So many nuggets of. Information. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank no, you. No, it's just Good just uh, right. sharing of knowledge. I mean, basically, I hope that uh, I, I it's not. It's not rocket science, but I would just say that it's a little bit of sharing of what uh, as a sports person and what sport has taught me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Shanghai, And uh, I
0: will catch you again very soon. You have a good sure, evening. Sure, Alex. Pleasure.
1: Thanks. Thanks for thank having you. me. Thank you. Bye.
0: You have just listened to the eighth episode of Athletes Grid from Sports to Life. Here are my takeaways from episode 8. Number one, don't let what others think and say about you affect your own self-worth and value that you know you actually bring. Trust yourself. You live your life for yourself and your loved ones and not any random person on the street or trolls on social media. Number two, learn to let go of past failures. Channel that energy into sharing it and helping others learn from it. It's easier said than done but the process of understanding it, acknowledging it, and making something out of it is a process you will need to go through. Remember that you are not alone and there are support structures you can lean on for help. Number 3. Give yourself time to come out of a setback and failure. Monitor progress and don't expect it to go away immediately or one fine day. It will be a constant battle, but that is where you build resilience and you come out stronger. Number four, having positivity and being forward looking is one strategy to overcome a setback and failure. Practice failing forward and learn from the experience. Being positive, together with resilience and confidence, are the foundations and building blocks to building mental toughness. Number five, do a post mortem of your life, just like you would of a game you played. What did you do well? What did you do not so well? And what would you do differently the next time? Have some action steps. Reflection builds character through learning more about yourself. This greater self-awareness gives you the courage and confidence to try new things and be a better you. If you enjoyed the podcast interview, do follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be kept up to date of new releases as I continue to speak to current and ex-high-performance athletes in Singapore to inspire and motivate with their stories of grit and triumph in overcoming challenges and adversity. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you again soon.